the presentation of anarchism, anarchism. as social philosophy which aims at the emancipation, economic, social, political, and spiritual of the human race. The Anarchist Essays is brought to you by Loughborough University's Anarchism Research Group. For more information on the ARG, see the link in the show notes or follow us on Twitter at ARGLBORO. White Anarchism's Trouble with Modernity by Jesse Cohn. Listening to Anarchist Essay number 27, I was moved by Audra DeLee and Adam Barker's description of the many harmful and frankly embarrassing things that those of us who are white anarchists are all too prone to do when engaging with indigenous struggles, either online or in person. In too many cases, white anarchists appear as just another variety of colonizers. There are many facets to this problem, not least of these are inability or unwillingness to listen to other people. We need to cultivate our practices of careful attention, perhaps taking our cues from the Zapatistas' processes of listening to Maya communities patiently for many years. One thing that could assist in such processes uh, might be a a reconsideration of our commitments to and investments in white Western modernity. The anarchism that takes its descent from Proudhon, Bakunin, and Kropotkin is a product of European modernity, of course. We have inherited from it certain conceptions of progress, and this shows up in all kinds of ways. Even if we are good green anarchists who are skeptical towards technological fixes to social problems, we may nonetheless assume that what we call religion belongs to the past, that it is destined to be replaced by science and enlightened reason. Bakunin's God and the State was written in condemnation of a church that had subsisted into the modern era as an archaism, an ancient institution inimical to human flourishing while bolstering the modern state. Bakunin had no experience of quackudal potlatches or Yoruba beliefs concerning the Orishas, the aspects of those cultures that would be labeled religion, as if they had anything much in common with the hierarchical Catholicism of Rome or the hateful propensities of Southern Baptists. In applying the old formula, no gods, no masters, to indigenous communities, we have imported European categories and experiences where they do not apply, superimposing them on other worlds. In the process, we have done damage. We have cast the very people to whom we would be allies as backwards children, heads stuffed full of sad illusions. Or worse, we have engaged in the colonial discourse of the vanishing Indian, regarding them as noble but sad because destined to disappear. Or worse, we have hoped to modernize them out of existence. At the same time, modern European anarchists were inspired in many ways, directly and indirectly, by the very indigenous peoples whose traditions they regarded as superstitious. Even before Kropotkin's book Mutual Aid acknowledged the wisdom of so-called savage traditions, Proudhon and Bakunin were nourished on enlightenment discourses of liberty and equality, which, as David Graeber and David Wengrow point out, were deeply indebted to colonial encounters with indigenous peoples whose lives were not defined by the institutions of church, state, and capital. The wisdom of Native American people like Kondiaronk of the Wendat was the seed of the modern liberal imagination, much as African masks from the Congo inspired the modern art of Picasso and others. Now the modern world is in serious trouble. 
its twin institutions, the international system of states and global capital, have become untenably destructive, ruinous, unsustainable, visibly so. It seems to me that there is no escaping the modern ecological, economic, and political catastrophes we're already embroiled in by purely modern means. If white anarchists are going to make a contribution here, we are going to have to to reconsider our commitments to the foundations of modernity in the process. I'd suggest beginning with three of those foundational commitments to begin with. A stagist conception of progress, a narrow conception of universality, and the persistent notion that there is a fundamental division between the human and non-non-human worlds, what the late philosopher Bruno Latour called the modern constitution. In theory, stagism ought to be the easiest for anarchists to give up. Despite some attachment to concepts of scientific and technological progress, and more the former than the latter, anarchists have never placed much stock in grand notions of history as the passage of humanity through a series of necessary phases with a predestined happy outcome. Marxists, with their debt to Hegel, have a bigger problem there. It is for Hegel that Africa represents the place where history never happened, condemned to a perpetual childhood, an eternal night of irrationality. In Marx, this prejudice is sublimated into a doctrine of development. It's terrible, for instance, that India has to suffer the oppression of British imperialism, of course, but the British will build railroads and other technological infrastructure that will lift them out of their old superstitious village-bound ways and incorporate them into the global proletariat, all necessary preparation for the world revolution. This kind of doctrine is condemned by Bakunin as being as absurd as blessing the disease from which one is dying simply because that death is inevitable. Anarchist theorizations of history are, in general, less linear, more morally ambiguous and open-ended. So much for a strict stagism. The classical European anarchists were more prone to claim universality for their ideas, in part by appealing to that same anthropological record which found practices of mutual aid everywhere in humanity as well as everywhere in nature. But that same universalism leads a thinker like Murray Bookchin to see in the shaman a self-interested bamboozler, a stand-in for the European clergy, and leads John Zerzan to see in the variegated symbolic cultures of Native Americans nothing more than an adolescent ideology. Such analyses overwrite the indigenous other with the problematic of the same, as if everything in the world can be reduced to European experiences of enlightenment or superstition, the benighted past or the emancipatory future. Here we can build on the work of post-anarchist ethicists such as Benjamin Franks and Ivana Janiska. Rather than merely swapping universalism for some kind of particularism, which might be just as oppressive in practice, they suggest we can imagine forms of universality which are non-totalizing, impure, weak, transversal, pluriversal, and so on. I don't want to enter into a full discussion of these variant notions of universality here, but I'll recommend Yanitska's Anarchist Essay number 26 on solidarity with singularity as an introduction into this area of anarchist research. One thing that really excites and interests me these days is the possibility of jailbreaking anarchism from the modern constitution. I hope you can hear the capital letters in that phrase, modern constitution. Just as written constitutions set forth a separation of powers between different branches of government, Latour argues, so the modern constitution, which is sort of the unwritten founding document of Western modern thought, 
decrees that there is a separation of powers between the human and non-human worlds, society and nature. It is only human beings who have agency on this view. It is only human beings for whom things have meaning, as the rest of the universe is just a collection of indifferent objects and processes waiting to be given meaning by us. This kind of dichotomy pops up nearly everywhere in the Western tradition, an unequal dichotomy in which the human is always the favored term. It is an article of faith for Marxist-Leninists such as Andreas Malm, whose eco-socialism insists that only human beings have purpose, the natural world being ruled only by cause and effect. However, this is anything but common sense for indigenous peoples such as the Lakota of Standing Rock, for whom mitakuye oyasin, we are all related. Animals, plants, even rocks and stones are kin, with their own subjectivity, their own agency, their own intentions and meanings and purposes. Anarchists standing in the European tradition have been known to objectify nature too, regarding the earth as raw materials that ought to be fairly shared among tool-using and meaning-bearing human beings. However, there is a countercurrent in that tradition right from the very start that tends to blur the lines between the human and non-human worlds. We all know that Kropotkin, drawing on the emerging science of natural selection, argued that animals no less than humans had societies and pointed to the continuities between them. Proudhon speaks of intelligence as something present not only in human beings, but also in animals, plants, even crystals. Bakunin insists that a thoroughgoing materialism does not see matter as inert and stupid, but as mobile and active, invested with all the properties that idealists assign solely to the thinking human subject. In the early 20th century, the science columns of anarchist newspapers were full of reports suggesting that even the distinctions between living and non-living matter were really continuities, and the anarchist encyclopedia of 1934 included an entry on the, the concept of biocosmic solidarity. White anarchists have a great deal of listening and learning to do, clearly, if we're to be more responsible and reliable allies to folks like the Standing Rock Lakota careful not to impose our own agendas and strategies on them. I think that work can only be eased by recalling and retrieving those countercurrents within the European anarchist tradition and building on them to create something more of a common language of concepts. This is not a matter of liberal white guilt or pity. It is a practical concern, a matter of cultural interoperability. It is a matter of acknowledging and deepening affinities so that wills are easier to unite and actions easier to coordinate. It is a matter of opening up a tradition to the other that is always already inside of it. Rethinking the relations between white anarchism and modernity is a fraught enterprise. It is entirely possible to demodernize in the direction of fascism, which also sometimes fancies itself to be a rejection of modern decadence, quote-unquote, and an embrace of supposedly tribal roots. Behind this flimsy ideological scrim, we can see another instance of the modern impulse to purify, to classify everything and everyone into its proper place. A nation-state, a territory ringed by rigid borders, a piece of land rendered private property. All of this is entirely different from, say, Native American understandings of identity, sovereignty, and peaceful coexistence, which we might do well to learn about. Nor is this an invitation for white anarchists to quote-unquote go native, to add to the odious ranks of pretendians. That is merely a self-aggrandizing fantasy. Nor is demodernization a form of primitivism, a longing to return to supposedly simpler times. 
Indigenous societies are complex and contemporary, even if modernity has no real place for them and continually tries to exterminate them. Nor yet is demodernization a matter of simply rejecting modernity's entire technological toolkit, some of which might yet be useful and suitable, appropriate technology, as it was dubbed in the 1970s. Yet the fundamental assumptions of modernity, stagist progress, universality as uniformity, and a constitutional separation between the human and non-human worlds, can and should be disentangled from the European anarchist tradition, if that tradition is to retain relevance in whatever world emerges from modernity's probably last crisis. These assumptions have enabled but also limited anarchists' imaginations. It is a good time to refuse those limits. Thank you for listening. To help others find Anarchist Essays, please rate and review us wherever you find your podcasts. And if you're interested in anarchist ideas, why not check out the journal Anarchist Studies? For over 20 years, Anarchist Studies has been publishing original research on the history, theory, and practice of anarchism. For more information, visit www.lwbooks.co.uk forward slash anarchist studies.